Hey, good afternoon, guys. Um, welcome, North Point of View. Dr. Walter Kimsey's Walter. Mark, how, how, you, do, how you doing, man? I'm okay, man. I'm doing. <laughs> I'm really okay. How All are right. You? Uh, hey, I'm good. Um, gonna dive into uh, sort of what's happening in the tech world. We were just digging through some uh, uh, some data, some stats, uh, computer chips. Uh, I think M just said we were looking for how many. Uh, computer chips and an F-150. I think my guess was seven. I think the answer is like 3,000. Yep. Uh, I, uh, I think I'm figuring out why there's a shortage, right? <laughs> um, what's, the, what's the solution there? What's, what's going on? But wait a minute, it's not just the trucks. I mean, it, right, it's right, everything, right. all right? You, yeah. you know, you can now cook a meal while you're, well, if you're, you know, you get your iPhone and do a little programming and the kitchen right. goes to work. Yeah. So I think there are, there are, there's more computing power in my kitchen, in my design kitchen, you know, we haven't installed it yet, but there'll be more computing power in my kitchen than in the space module that we use to send uh, astronauts to the moon. Yeah. I mean, it's just mind boggling to me, you know? So every day, everything gets a little bit smarter. Right. We've got windshields now that, that can detect the temperature and, and, you know, they're called smart windshields. So we're making smart yeah, glass. Yeah, yeah, they turn on your windshield wipers for you, the whole thing. I'm getting my, my you know, speed and my truck projected up on my, yeah, the yeah. whole thing. It tells me what speed zone I'm in, the whole thing, right? So basically everything is becoming a computer on wheels or a computer in the kitchen or a computer insert, whatever. It's yeah. all the same. Yeah. So. Um, for manufacturing powerhouses like China, this is a problem because they don't really have great manufacturing capacity. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're telling me, what? did I miss something? Yeah. Too much Red Bull? I mean, am I, am I... <laughs> China doesn't have great manufacturing capacity? No, they don't. In fact, the powerhouses are Japan and, and Korea and Taiwan. Well, why are all those boxes coming over from China then? Well, they have to buy chips from those producers and they do make some in China, but they are, China's a little bit, not a little bit, it's quite far behind everybody else when it comes to computer technology. You know, people- Well, they must have a good PR firm because I, I mean, I'm not thinking that way, but- No, but I'll tell you what the problem is. You see, everybody says we have a so many hundred billion dollar trade deficit with China every year. Right, that's what I'm okay. going off of, right. right. But if you look at the supply chains and there is this, you know, people who model trade like I do, um, we look at the uh, re-exporting of things. So if you look at a car today in the United, sold in the United States, it is likely to have crossed the U.S.-Mexico border seven times before it finally goes to the dealership. So you put the tires together here, you send it over there, they assemble it into a chassis, the chassis comes back over the border over here, we put some high engine technology, it goes back over there, they start putting the body on it. So you've got goods around the world that get re-exported. So eliminating all the- No wonder there's not enough truck drivers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when you look at uh, China, China is just a big assembly plant. It, the wow. stuff that they're assembling is coming from other countries. So our big trade deficit with China is not you know, years ago, we uh, punished Japan, Ronald Reagan did, 1987, he announced a 100% tariff on Japanese tools and technology products. 
So what did they do? The factory started to move to Taiwan, Korea, uh, Hong Kong, other places where uh, the product produced there by the same companies wouldn't get tariffed in the US. And so China, Japan's direct share of our trade dropped from 24% of the value of our imports to 12% over a seven year period. And right now what's happening is China's bringing all those components together. They assembled a product, for example, the iPhone, which is made yeah. in something like 30 countries, all the little pieces, and then they send it over to us. And then what happens is people who do not understand trade look at the trade deficit and they go, wow, that's a substantial trade deficit. And the answer is no, you gotta trace the whole supply chain to understand what's going on. Right. And even till today, I see policymakers and analysts getting on TV and you know, uh, UBS investment bank analysts talking about supply chain, the end of globalization, and it's just, it's ignorant. It's just not how things work. So China is spending a lot of money uh, on developing improved technology. Hmm. But the problem is, if you take a look at the academic research, and this was true to at least a few years ago, U.S. published research in technology journals is always about innovations, new products. It's, 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 it, you know, it's pushing the frontier. When you look at the research published from Asian professors and researchers, it tends to be how to do it better, how to make this thing better. Americans are, let's do a new thing that can do more things. And so the problem is innovation research in China is just not there. It's not in the DNA of the system that the Communist Party produced. Yeah, and we can talk about that later, but exactly. I'm reading a book right now on that we've yeah. talked about it, and there's no real incentive. No, and, and you know, they're making, China's made the same mistake our government did. There was that one article that you pointed out to me that said, where the analyst, he said a bunch of nonsense, but he said one thing that really worked for me. And that is, if you wanna get American companies to really manufacture here, then you, you place a really big order yeah. So with some certainty about demand, and then you can make the investment, just yeah. like in real estate. What Market would you growth. rather do, you know, spec or build to suit? Yep. So anyways, so China just doesn't have that capacity. And I think it is no coincidence that China wants Taiwan. It's the chips. Yeah. Taiwan, you know, t Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Corporation. When I was a stock market analyst, a strategist, it was always in my portfolio. I love the company. The innovations they've made to chip manufacturing, you know, they beat everybody. Intel, doesn't matter. They're the number one you know, intelligent supply chain strategy. And there was a great article which, which you know, reviewed that. Um, you know, if you're, in a, if you're in a race with somebody and you're in second place, what you learn to do is to find a different way to pass the guy in, in number one. But if you imitate what the number one guy is doing in a sailboat race, for instance, you can't win. So there was an old game theory story about a sailboat. It's racing towards the finish. It's in first place. If it goes through the northern channel to get to the end, it will be a little bit slower, but the wind is steadier. But if they go to the south channel, the wind is much faster, but it's not as steady. So the question is, which channel should they pick? Yeah. And the answer is, What's number two doing? <laughs> You're going to keep yeah. that, that spread. And so Taiwan, semiconductor manufacturing company, they changed tactics. They went north, one everybody went south. And now they're in first place. And what China is doing is, you know, 
something that's not going to work there. They need a different strategy. And our government does too, because we're kind of imitating what China's doing, giving yes. money to companies. You know, I'm sorry, Mark. I just, I, I don't like unnecessary market intervention. Well, that's that artificial uh, stimulus that we've talked about, mm -hmm. that what really drives the, the market is going to be on the demand side. Exactly. And um, as always, let the markets work. Let the markets work. Yeah. So uh, the other other thing I think that is kind of worth worth considering is, um, you know, within this grand scheme of things, um, all this technology does worry me. You know, for all of these chips in the cars, I always wonder if you got, if it, even if it's an internal combustion engine, if a car gets struck by lightning, will those chips melt down and you can't? You have to completely buy a new car, because right now you hit a you feel lightning strike hits my car, I'm going to drive away in it. But that Ford <laughs> F1, F1, you're yeah. F250, you know where you are though. Yeah. Back to the future. Exactly. That's the scenario <laughs> I was waiting for. That's the image. We got to go. Hey man, thank good you. Afternoon. Thanks, Thanks for your Walter. time. Great. Hey buddy. Take care. <laughs> I was trying to think of the professor's name in Back to the Future. I know. I, and my I mind know. went blank. What's his name, man?